0: Welcome to HR Latte, your podcast connection to all things HR. Caring for people is imperative for today's progressive business. Listen in as Thorn Thornkruger gets personal with practitioners and technologists, experts and thought leaders who care about the world of human resources, hiring and employee engagement. And now sit back and sip your next cup of talent management. Blended to perfection.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to HR Latte. I am absolutely thrilled about my guest today as we kick off this Pride celebration. I love June, and we're going to be extending this into July. So we'll be talking to several guests about Pride and the celebrations that will follow. I would love to introduce you to Dr. Elijah Nicholas. Hey, Dr. Elijah, thanks for joining me today on. H.R. Latte.
2: Hey, Rand. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Well, you have an unusual story, not for you, but it is for me, so I want to hear more (laughs) about it. But before we jump into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
2: Sure. So I am Dr. Elijah Nicholas, as you mentioned. I'm retired from the U.S. Air Force. I spent 25 years in the Air Force serving my great country. And now I am an advocate, an author, and a speaker, an actor. And so I do advocacy work uh, through acting and through writing and a whole bunch of other stuff.
1: Well, that is amazing. And I love, we're going to talk about the acting part a little bit later on. But I know that you have a little bit more to your story than just that. So let's (laughs) talk a little bit about your journey. Okay. You are a trans man. Is that correct?
2: Yes, I identify as an African-American transgender man, meaning I was assigned the female sex at birth and later transitioned to um, affirm the gender as male.
1: Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that journey. I know, and one things I wanted to, one thing I wanted to ask was, what is not comfortable for you to answer? I'm sure you get questions once people find out about your journey. They probably ask you questions Mm -hmm. that are probably not appropriate or that Mm -hmm. you even want to answer. So I don't want you to answer anything, but I would like you to share what is a question or two that is inappropriate to ask?
2: Well, okay, I'll give you an example that literally just happened a couple of weeks ago. I saw an old friend who I knew in my former life as a lesbian. And he didn't recognize me because it's been 10 years since I saw him, at least 10 years. And I've been presenting as male for four years, almost four years okay. now. And one of the first questions he asked me was amazing. He said, are you happy? And I said, absolutely. I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. And his next question, was, is the sex matter?" And my chin dropped. And my heart dropped and I was Um. like, how do I answer this question? I was a little perplexed and I was a little offended. However, it speaks to the fact that there is misunderstanding or lack of information that ran between gender identity and sexual identity and whole transition and why we transition. So while it wasn't an appropriate question, It provided me an opportunity to step back and think about actually why he asked this question. As far as my life, I'm an open book. And I really mean it when I say you can ask me anything. I really do.
1: Okay. So I've heard different people ask different questions. And I just sit back shocked that somebody would feel like it's okay (laughs) to ask that. And I appreciate you being open and willing to talk about this. I know it's not easy. But it is what's happened to you. And some people would say has been the choice that you have made. So when you think about your family, friends, and colleagues and the acceptance or support from them, what has been like the best part of that for you?
2: The best part of my family and friends and coworkers and church has been my journey with my mother. Oh. My journey with my mother, I believe, is is very intentional. I believe personally that we agreed to this journey before we both came into this physical realm. And when I identified as a lesbian very early in life at 14 years old, my mother, you know, she responded to me in the context that she understood Christianity at the time so that was it was very tough for me because i remember that conversation sitting at the table she asked me if i liked girls and i said you know, i, I don't want to lie to my mother i love my mother she's my best friend even at that since i was a little girl my mother has always been my best friend so i didn't want to lie to her so i told her the truth and she responded in the vibration in the space that she was in at the time and she told me that I was going to go to hell, I was never going to see her again, I was never going to see my brother again. And I left that conversation thinking, I might as well kill myself. That is is how painful it was for me. However, all these years later, my mother now is my biggest advocate. And so we have journeyed through the ebbs and flows of me coming out as gay and being a lesbian in the closet in the military and my mother not understanding yet responding from the space of Christianity that she was raised on or raised in to now we both evolved consciously and spiritually and she's still my best friend and she is my biggest advocate and Mm. we have the absolute best relationship and so that's been the best part of my journey is really really the hardest and the best if that makes sense right because it's been tough yet it's been amazing
1: i just love hearing that and i'm so happy happy to hear that now does she call you her son
2: she calls me her son on occasion she tries very hard to remember my pronouns <laughs> um it's funny because very really early on a couple of years ago you know, she said, "Well, you just you gotta give me time." Right. I knew you as my former name. She said, "I knew you as as your former name, the name that I gave you at birth for 48 years." You know, so yeah. you gotta just So, my that is really when I learned about grace in this particular process. Like, I realized that this journey was not just mine, and not only did I have to give. Myself grace, I had to give my family and my friends and people who knew me prior to transition grace. So now she does her best to call me son. Um but more often than not, she refers to me as her child.
1: Okay. That makes sense.
2: When she calls me she says, How is my child today? Oh. And that way she remembers She's never you know, wrong too, started. right? She's never wrong. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Yeah, and mothers, even when she calls me about my former name, she I'm not wrong. What is yeah. I'm
1: never wrong? <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about names. I've heard it called a dead name. And I'm just wondering how do you come to the place where you pick a new name or you alter your former name? And how do you respond when somebody calls you by your former or dead name?
2: I'm glad you brought this up because I, I want to emphasize that each person's journey is different yes. unique. And I realized that. My journey is not the same as someone else's. It's another another person's journey and vice versa. So I personally, I don't refer to my former name as my dead name. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Okay. So my former name is Tasha, and I'm, I'm totally okay with saying that okay. on air. Tasha was a very essential part of my life and my growing up. As a child, I came to realize that Tasha protected me as Eli Elijah as a little boy and so I'm totally okay with that and I don't believe that for me Tasha will ever completely die I consider myself a two-spirited person right and again I realize that this is not everybody's journey but I'm okay uh, with using my former name and with I really prefer for people not to use my former name I do understand that people who knew me in my prior life have a harder time than people who I meet now. Yeah, I am. Right? So,
1: have you lost any friends over your transition, or you know, changing your name and the changes that you've gone through over the last four years?
2: Oh, absolutely. The majority of my friends. Oh, absolutely. yeah. Unfortunately, I did because you know many people, you know, were not able to to go on the journey with Elijah. Okay. And many people, you know, me and my friends, they just didn't get it, didn't get it, didn't understand it. So, yeah, that, that was a very, 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 I can't overemphasize that enough, painful part of the journey early on.
1: I'm sorry that you've experienced that pain. It, it must be so hard. And it also, I think, affirms that this was the right thing for you to do, that you were willing to risk those losses to move forward with this. I have learned so much from you already, Dr. Elijah, and I hope that we can stay in contact and you can continue to teach me. But what is your hope that will result from the work that you do and the awareness that you are raising?
2: First of all, I literally worked myself out of advocacy work as a trans advocate. Okay. I hope that I live to see the day where being trans is the norm. Not the norm for everyone, but it's right. the part of... The norm, if you will. Right. My hope is that a little trans person will see me on television or see me working or will see me in the grocery store and maybe see my T-shirt that says, this is what trans looks like and smile and says, hey, this is what trans looks like too, <laughs> you yes, know, yes. because we've gotten to that space in society where it's okay to be who we are and be out and open about it. And that's what pride is about. Right. right.
1: It actually, it absolutely is. So not. Do people ask you if you're trans? Do they stop you and ask you?
2: Absolutely not. Good. <laughs> so I've never been stopped and asked if I were trans. Now, early in my transition, when I still had a lot of female sure. uh, characteristics and my voice was going through the change. I would get some stares and I would get misgendered as far as, you know, being on the phone or before I had surgeries to so affirm my gender, people would be a little confused in the public specifically or on the phone. But now, you know, I'm almost four years into my transition and I'm in such a comfortable space because honestly I can't recall the last time that I've been misgendered, misgendered meaning Someone called me she instead right. of my pronouns, which are he, him. And I'm sorry, I usually introduce or say my pronouns in the beginning. But my pronouns are he, him, his. And so I've not been misgendered. I can't remember the last time.
1: Okay. you know.
2: And that was one of my prayers is that I would get to that space where people would see me the way I've always seen myself. And now that's where I'm at.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. I love that for you and that you can feel confident and comfortable being who you are. And I mentioned earlier about choice, right? And I'm doing the air quotes Mm -hmm. around it when I say it. Let's talk about choice with the air quotes. Okay. And this may be one of those questions that's not appropriate, but I'm going to ask it anyway Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I feel like I can ask you anything. Are you ever afraid that you made the wrong choice?
2: Uh, Am I ever afraid? My transition, I had thoughts of, am I doing the right thing? Is this the right thing? Is it worth it? What am I doing? Why am I doing this? And I think that is a normal part of the process. It was a normal part of my process. And I'm actually glad that I asked those things. And I'm glad that I, as a veteran, I get my health care through the VA. And a part of the VA's requirement for individuals who transition is a certain amount of time of mental health therapy. Sure. And so anyone knows, anyone who has been to therapy, we ask ourselves all kinds of questions, right? That's what therapy is for. And so that was a part of my therapy. Like things came up so that I needed to be 100% sure that this is who I am before I couldn't even transition through the VA healthcare system. And that's a part of their requirement. And I am a proponent of that. I am so grateful that I went through that process because now I can say unequivocally, I made the right choice. I made the right decision for my life, for my mental health, and for my livelihood.
1: That's great. I'm so happy that I went ahead and asked the question, even though I was a little little nervous, trepidatious about asking that. Absolutely. So when you consider your work, having been in the military, the advocacy that you've done, you're very highly educated. What kind of impact has your transition? And let's talk about your sexual preference before. You mentioned that you were a lesbian. How did that impact all of those things? Your work, your service, and your learning?
2: So I want to make sure I understand. So um, prior to my transition, you want to know like living life as a lesbian, how how it contributed to it versus now? Sure. And everything
1: that you've gone through in the last four years, has it impacted your work? Has it changed your work?
2: Okay. Yeah. Got it. Okay. I understand. So for me, my transition has really allowed me to understand my calling and my purpose in this world. I have always been a servant. You know, I'm a former pastor. I served in the military. Yeah, I've, I've always been in roles or positions where I've served. I've always been a giver, um, a giver in my family. And so when I transitioned, I had no intention of being an out-trans man. My desire was to transition. And go off of social media because I have a large presence on social media and come back, come back as Dr. Eliza Nicholas (laughs) and live life happily ever after. Like that was my goal. And so at two o'clock in the morning, one day, God woke me up and asked me if I was done with that goal. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, literally. It was like two o'clock in the morning. and I was like, okay, wait a minute. So since then. That is really when my advocacy work started, is when I started my transition. Because I, hey, you talk about choice, Red, I made a choice, a conscious choice of living out loud yes. and realizing that my visibility, number one, saves lives. And secondly, my visibility helps normalize what I would like to see. And the only way that I could impact that was, uh, by living out loud and it has really unintentionally become my purpose at this juncture in my life. So my education, my work, my ministry, uh, experience, all of that in my past has equipped me to be able to do the advocacy work, even acting. You know, all of the experiences that I had the first 48 years of my life have equipped me to be in the space that I'm in right now, I don't think that it's an accident that, you know, we're experiencing what we're experiencing with children and and legislation and sports.
0: And I happen
2: to be right in the midst of my transition while this is happening. I just believe that the God that I've created is a purposeful God. And is very intentional in sending me during this time.
1: That's great. So you mentioned acting. And I know uh, by just cruising through your LinkedIn profile that you've done a, a little bit of acting on TV and, mm-hmm. and some roles. So were you an actor before the transition or no. is this something? Okay. So how did
2: that come about? I was not.
0: <laughs>
2: Interestingly, I was tagged on a post on social media and someone said, Hey doc, cause that's what I used to go by. Okay, You should audition for this play. It was a play at Emory University Theater. And I was like, okay, cause I'm just, kind of that crazy that I think I could do anything, right? <laughs> right? And I was like, I'll try it. You know, what's the worst thing that could happen? So I went, I did the audition and ran. It was an epic fail. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My audition was horrible. Oh, no. But I got the role. Wow. <laughs> exactly. I got the role, and here's why. First of all, the director was amazing, is an amazing person. And she said she hired me because I followed directions for him. Well, that's important. Whatever she told me, it's very important in acting. And so that's one thing. The second thing is the character was for a trans man. Okay. One of the roles was a non-binary person and the other role, because there were two, a couple of different things I did uh, in the plays. And when I was reading the script, I felt like I was reading my life. And I was like, this is me. I I can remember the day I was laying in bed, sitting up on the headboard, and I was reading the script. And I told my wife at the time, I said, like, I could have wrote this. This is me. And so that is really when my trans journey really came to the forefront, if you will. And there was a moment in that play where I was looking in the mirror at myself and the line is, you know, maybe it's supposed to be this way. And I was just like, I paused. I could have won an Oscar in that moment. <laughs> literally. But the role was so easy for me to play because I was playing myself. Wow. I was playing. And so that is how, literally, how I got into acting. And I found a creative side, the director helped me find a creative side of my brain that I didn't even know existed. And I loved it. I fell in love. I just, I love acting. I love telling stories and I love being visible for other people to see.
1: I'm so happy that you discovered that. You felt exposure in that moment on stage, right? And that you're willing to continue to experience that, to be visible for individuals that are either. Considering transitioning have transitioned, or people like me who want to learn, who are advocates also and allies and want to learn as much as we can and be supportive, I really appreciate you sharing that story. Now, let's talk a little bit about trans man, trans woman. so people understand the right terminology. okay? So if you were assigned female at birth and you transition to a man, that's called. Trans man, correct?
2: Yes.
1: Okay. Correct. So then the opposite would be true. So if you're assigned male at birth and you transition to a woman, you would be a trans woman, correct? Correct. Okay. Is there anything else that I should know? Is there other terminology? Is it bet, let's say, to just say trans? Are you trans? Or not ask it, but look at somebody and if you assume something, I mean, what would be the most appropriate thing to say or is nothing appropriate?
2: It can really depends on the space and environment we're in. Yes, and I say that because it may be a space where, like, we're having this conversation, and you're comfortable with saying, "Well, how do you identify, Doctor Elijah?" Right. But if you're like at work, for example, and you see someone who may present in a way that you don't necessarily understand, it may not be appropriate to this say, hey, are you trans? Yes. It's not appropriate to say that, right? So something that works for me that I've done is simply asking someone what their pronouns are. And that really starts a conversation that lets the guards down. And so I don't think it's ever appropriate to just say, hey, are you trans? I asked that question very early on of someone at at a trans conference. And that is where I learned the inappropriateness of that question. So I don't think that 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 is an appropriate question because the other thing is there's also individuals who are gender non-binary or non-gender conforming, meaning they don't identify as male or female or they may identify as male today and female tomorrow or neither gender. So it's great when there's safe spaces and that's a part of it too right, right? It's creating safe spaces for these conversations. not every space is safe so you don't want to assume that it's okay to ask and assume that it's a safe space because like if someone asked me if I was trans in unsafe space for me, that could cause safety concerns for me. right right So you right. just you really gotta be you gotta kind of like not not walk on eggshells but just evaluate just like you would with anything. Sure, right. And being sensitive, right? Being sensitive and aware of the environment and the person.
1: Yeah, Now, well, not everybody is sensitive as we know. <laughs> you know. But um
2: yes. <laughs> I really like
1: I really like asking their pronouns because there is a sense of respect in that, right? I'm asking you what do you prefer? I'm asking you what yeah. is your preference? And so there's this level of respect and understanding. And I think that's a great way to start. Thank you. I'm glad I asked that question. And when you think about the future now, when you think about the future for Dr. Elijah and Mm -hmm. the future for others who are considering transitioning, are in the middle of it, or I don't know, is it an ongoing thing for the rest of your life? Are you
2: transitioning forever? That's a great question. I take testosterone. I will take testosterone for the rest of my life. Okay. That is, you know, hormone replacement, Right. Is something that, uh, you know, it, that's a given. Like, I have to take this stuff first of my. Life. And, you know, I suspect that this will be an ongoing journey because even in the four years that have passed now, almost, it's been a lot of changes. <laughs> yes. And, you know, one of the points I like to make when I'm talking about this is the analogy that trans individuals have. With non-trans individuals, and that is, we are all transitioning in some way every single moment, right? Even if it's from the cells in our body to our hair color, our hair thickness, or thinness, if you will. Like we are always transitioning in some way. Um, trans individuals, we happen to be uh, overt about it, if you will. Like you notice. A physical change in us, like more present than you would in someone who changes their hair from brunette to blonde, right? Does right. that make sense?
1: It does make sense. It does make sense. And I mean, I've exposed a lot about myself at different times and I've had a boob job, right? So mm-hmm. I mean, many, mm-hmm. and many women have, many women have. Um, mm-hmm. And I think about that often and how I wished to change myself so that I felt better, more like I felt I should be, right? And I don't Mm -hmm. think it's that much different. I really don't. I think that we do different things in our lives, whether we're male or female, whether we are trans man, trans woman, whether we are non-binary and non-conforming, we do things to make us ourselves feel better about who we are, to make ourselves feel like we are more accepted, right? Right. In this body, on this earth, in this life, whatever your belief system is. And Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. that if we go with that grace, right, if we walk through our life with that grace, hoping that it's extended to us and we extend Mm -hmm. it to others too, and also with the mind to learn, right? And when you learn, you cannot help but understand. I mean, if you're really learning right? If you're yeah. really learning, if yeah. you're, it's not just reading about something, but if you're actually learning about something, something you cannot help but find a place of understanding and acceptance and wanting to expand your own community to include others that maybe are different than yourself because you recognize what having that type of diversity means in your own life. It allows you to have more thoughts. It helps you remain curious which is, I think, one of the most important traits that we as humans lose that we need to hang on to and grasp is to stay curious and always want to know more. I cannot thank you enough so much for being willing to come on the show and talk to me and share a little bit about your life, a little bit about your journey. I know that you're out there on social media and people can follow you there. But if somebody wants to get in touch with you, Dr. Elijah, what's the best way for them to do that?
2: The best way to do that is to find me on LinkedIn, which, you know, is Dr. Elijah Nicholas. Okay. Uh, any social media platform, really. Or or I can give out my number, my email, Dr. Elijah Nicholas at Gmail. And my website is a great way, and that's ElijahNicholas.com. You can find all kinds of information about me on the website, as well as information about my children's book, my Doodle. And there's a link there. It's available on Amazon as well. But I'm always happy to have a conversation. And you know, I think that's how we expand the world, expand the universe, expand thought and consciousness is by having conversations and learning. And like you said, staying curious. Staying
1: curious. Um, thank you so much. Before we get away, are there any resources that you can suggest that folks that are listening And I will add these to the bio along with your contact information to the bio that coordinates with this show. Any resources you can suggest?
2: Yes, uh, the first resource that I would love to suggest is Trans Journeys Worldwide, Transformation Journeys Worldwide. And that is for individuals and corporations who are looking to bring people in to just Help learn about how to incorporate the trans and non-binary experience in their work environments or in the churches or ministries. And that's run by an amazing woman named Gabrielle Clayborn. I love the work that they're doing at Transformation Journeys. And then also, I want to give a shout out to PFLAG. P-F-L-A-G. And I, I always forget what the F stands for, but I believe it's Parents for Lesbian and Okay. That, was the original. Okay. Um, that was the original name, but it is LGBTQIA+. But that's a great resource for families who have individuals who are going through the transition or through a transition and, and parents may or may not understand how to navigate this thing, right? There's support groups there for the individual transitioning. There's also support groups for the parents and there are some that are together and there's some where they could have their own spaces to process things. Right. Right. And then also of course my website, Elijah Nicholas.com. We've got a bunch of information on there about Great. myself and how, you know, how you can reach me.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Elijah. I really appreciate you again, coming on and sharing, sharing your journey. I mean, each of us has a life that is our own personal journey and it's not always easy to share those things, but I really believe that your message will help and touch so many people. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, and I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of HR Latte. This podcast is brought to you by Never Enough Media and is produced by host Thorn Thornkruger. Our editor is Igor Kuzmanovsky and Dick Dalecki as our announcer. With featured music, grab a coffee and go by Tiny Music. Special thanks to those who have made HR Latte possible over the years with their ideas, support, and feedback.